back to rural Queensland today. Let's start Friday morning with Senator Susan McDonald. Uh, obviously, was in Canberra yesterday for the Queen's ceremony. Senator, good morning. Um, I, I, I still don't agree with the day off. I understand politically, yeah, and that's not something you're going to comment on, but the ceremony um, for the legend and the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, obviously in Canberra, they did it well yesterday. Good morning, Ben, and it was. It was a, a very beautiful, uh, solemn, respectful ceremony for the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, and uh, I was very pleased to be there, as were, I think, most of the members and senators uh, of the government, as well as the governors, premiers, um, like previous prime ministers uh, and governors general. There was a real cast of thousands, but it was a, a beautiful ceremony and uh, and I think a great opportunity to bring the, the mourning period to a close. And today we'll have the condolence motion. So you'll hear from, um, you know, all of the representatives with, uh, with you know, a little vignette, a little uh, snippet of, of their tribute to the Queen and her extraordinary legacy. And, um, in fact, the Prime Minister... Um, and uh, leader of the opposition, both made really wonderful speeches. And uh, one of the things that I was reflecting on yesterday was that they had hoped that the, you know, one of the legacies of the Queen was that we would adopt more of her values and approaches to the way she carried out her own leadership. Uh, and uh, and I think there is something in that. And um, I'll be talking, touching on that again today too. Can we talk about this, and I, and I mean this genuinely, um, you know, they do it well. Um, was it a little bit hypocritical of Anthony Albanese to be there in front and centre? And, and I say this genuinely, knowing his views that at some point he would like to become a republic. Well, I think that yesterday everything was as it should be. Uh, all of the people who, who spoke and attended, I think, did so um, – you know, appropriately, uh, with what's in their hearts, well, that's always harder to know, isn't it? And I, you know, I certainly believe in the structure of our our democracy. Uh, if we're seeing anything at the moment, it's how important institutions and democracy are, how important it is for us to defend them. Uh, they are, uh, when you see what's happened in the Ukraine and how Australia was one of the very few countries to come out early to stand by Ukraine and, and uh, provide assistance when Russia invaded. Uh, I think that there's a lot of learnings there. And so, you know, for what it's worth, I think you don't know what's in people's hearts, Ben, but um, I think that we muck around with our systems of government uh, at our peril. Um, it is very, very important at this time that we have strong institutions. We have an incredibly strong democracy. Um, we should be proud of it. We've fought for it. And, uh, and it's something that will stand us in good stead uh, as we go into a period of uncertainty. Yeah, you're right. One thing that is uncertain, and we're seeing this, and, and we had Trent Thorne on the other morning, and uh, he spoke a lot of sense in the sense that it is a very, very, very um, scary situation which is going on in Europe around energy. And we are going to see lives lost because of people freezing, literally, and without any without any electricity, without any energy at all. Translate that, that could happen in Australia if we keep on going down this road. And I don't want to be a doomsday, and I'm in no way trying to scare, but the grippling prices, the lack of energy there, 
and there's no preparation, and it is years and years away to get it right. Ben, you are absolutely right. Trent uh, does always speak uncommon common sense, and this is the one thing that we should be very focused on. Now, the new government has made the commitment to a 43% uh, emissions reductions, but the important thing to, to watch in their commitments is this 82% of energy generated from renewals by 2030. Now, given that we are uh, a very, very long way away from that percentage at the moment, the headlong rush to meet these commitments uh, is doing a couple of things. It's sending signals to the market to shut down investment into uh, coal and now gas as well, uh, we do not have the capacity to build the required transmission lines or batteries to back up renewables anywhere near by 2030. We've got governments um, legislating for the introduction of electric vehicles at a much faster pace than we've had previously. Um, I, you know, I think this government is making decisions on those targets. I don't agree with them. But what they're doing is dangerous because we know, all of the energy experts will tell you, that there is no way that we will be able to bring hydrogen online by that time or batteries. And so that will just drive power prices up for the people who can least uh, get their way out of that. Uh, that will just mean pain for uh, small business, for families. And this is the bit that really worries me, Ben. We are a mining and resources country. Uh, we, we earn most of our revenue, our royalties, our high-paid wages, our investments in regional towns and big cities all come through mining investment dollars. But at the moment, those companies are looking at Australia and saying, we are already leaving ore in the ground because of energy shortages in the Northwest Minerals Province in other parts of Australia. When we have the energy agency predicting that there will be more blackouts in South Australia next year, more blackouts in uh, New South Wales and Victoria, why and how can we invest in a country that does not have the energy supply that's required for us to run our businesses? So, you know, this is incredibly serious. Uh, I think that there is a whole lot of people who've drunk the Kool-Aid and believe that we will be able to bring online battery, uh, battery uh, technology and supplies, transmission lines and hydrogen by 2030, and I cannot find one person who says that's true. Not going to happen. Not one. No, no, it's just not. It really is scary as well. Youth crime is a a, a huge issue. Um, even as of this morning, one of the top stories out of the Courier-Mail is the statistic of Toowoomba that has a 100% rate of a reoffending of children placed on a strict bail program, and the state government is now being accused of failing the children. We've seen alarming figures in North Queensland where the government has nowhere where it's been shown that the government has nowhere to hide. They, they were first released these figures um, from reoffending kids, you know, from Toowoomba all the way to Townsville. But it gets even better. Mount Isa, there's been warnings on Mount Isa. Youth crime, and I've got to say this, Robbie Catter's been banging on about this for a couple of years, but Susan, it is a massive, massive issue for Queensland and youth crime? Yeah, it is a massive issue. And not only are they failing the kids, they're failing the victims of crime, they're failing the whole community. And I don't understand why this state government, uh, which would have to be amongst the most incompetent 
of any state that we've ever seen, whether it be their delivery on health, whether it be their delivery on, on juveniles, whether it be their delivery on tax and economic planning. But we have been warning about this since the moment they got on, uh, got in and they abolished the uh, youth uh, training centres that had been established that were doing such great work, taking kids out of town, away from troubled situations. We were uh, making sure that they had a future, they were being fed and they were getting out of these um, uh, bad situations. And now... Now, after uh, you know a number of years, we have these poor kids having absolutely no support at all. Their families are having no support. Uh, when kids are getting out of Cleveland, it is just a revolving door where there is no way that support services uh, like Father Mick in Mount Isa, uh, like other fantastic people, can take these children anywhere else. They have to take them straight back to the same house, the same environment that was where um, that you know that they're not provided with the the food and the support and the attention and the love that they should be getting. You know, police have been calling for changes on bail. This has been going on for years, and it beggars belief that we have state governments still, still uh, not able to take any practical steps that will ensure that these kids have a future. Their victims of crime have a future. Uh, and to see that Mount Isa is now being recommended against visitation by uh, TripAdvisor, you know, I think is devastating. I grew up in that town. It was always a great place to, to go out at night. And now there are kids just roaming the streets, stealing cars um, and breaking into houses. And it is, it's a tragedy for everybody. Yeah, that, that, is, that is the big issue um, and one that we obviously – uh, are very concerned about uh, moving forward. Appreciate your time. I don't know how we fix it, though. Um, we've talked about getting them out of the towns and getting them in job. There's a blue card issue that we can't give them work because they're not eligible for blue cards. We've talked about that. Uh, I don't know how we get that problem fixed. Uh, you can build more jails, but then does that rehabilitate them? Or do you send them into the stock camps and try and get them away from their towns and educated away? Like th- These are the big discussions that have got to have but at the moment, it just seems to be reoffending, reoffending. 90, 95% of detainees at the Cleveland Youth Detention Centre in towns were reoffended after release in 2021. 95%. So it ain't working at the jails. It just ain't. Um, so no, I, think, I don't know how we exactly fix it. Right. But Ben, I think that there are plenty of people who have got good plans. If you look at what Boyd Curran and Damien Kerr were doing, uh, you know, they were providing kids with an alternative. Um, and at the very least, to feed kids properly, to get them into a safe environment where they're not being abused, they're being provided the necessities of life, just give them a circuit breaker so that they can have a chance to see a different way of living. But this is now generations of, uh, of young people who are, who are being abandoned uh, by the system and, you know, it's not right. There are plenty of people who've got practical experience on what changes to make but it's certainly not the government. They are not coming up with the right answers. No, well said. Great to chat. We'll catch up again shortly. Appreciate your time. Terrific. Talk to you later, Ben. Susan McDonald. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today.